everyone, and welcome to the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy Holistic Transformation Podcast. I'm Dr. Beverly, your host, and today I have an old friend, Louise V.N. Liebenberg with us. She is a fearless, magnificent coachler. She believes in your ability to share, overcome, and transform your life and relationships. She specializes in self-esteem building, adult child syndrome, conscious communication skills, and unresolved grief. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much. I also have a cat on my lap that wouldn't sit still. <laughs> I don't think she'll interrupt us too much. Animals are always welcome. Yeah. So today, Louise will talk about uh, the the idea most ha people have about living mindfully and neutralizing your triggers. So tell us, Louise, how did you get started with this and triggers? Because a lot of people have triggers. I think most of us have, you know, even people who've done a lot of work will still have some stuff that we haven't touched on. Because if it's a new new situation that we are exposed to, we are going to have a new thing to deal with. And it may be an old wound, but it, it's going to be a new situation that will trigger the same thing. So, um, you know, I, I deal very much with our unresolved childhood issues. Mm. And I'm really happy that, that the research uh, is going more and more towards that and it's coming more and more to, to the front, how much of an influence our our childhoods have on us, even seemingly happy ones. We'll always have some dents somewhere. So sometimes we've got childhoods that um, it's very obviously something is wrong with it. So I had the alcoholic father and um, I didn't know. I, didn't know. I, I had no idea that my mother didn't bond with me. Also had no idea that she actually really rejected me, although she was a very nice person and I knew she loved me she didn't really claim me as her own. My brother was hers and I wasn't. And that was something that was very under the surface for me because as children, we normalize stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we go out, we do our best to please, we, we really want to be liked and accepted. So everything else, we just normalize it. We just squish it and it goes away, but it doesn't ever go away. It becomes our triggers. Yeah. And that is why we all walk around with triggers, because as children, when we were too young to understand what was going on, we squished away. We had no tools. We had no way to reframe it. We had no way to understand that we are carrying the hurts of adults, of generational trauma. And so it was just packed away. So, I mean, anybody who has a trigger knows how uncomfortable it is. So... Um, my life, I, I looked really successful on the outside. Um, I, I looked okay because I worked really hard on looking okay. Because, and that's what a lot of us do. We make so sure that we look okay to the world. So eventually it started showing in my relationship because I was very happily codependently married. And because it can work, as long as both partners remain codependent and as long as both partners keep on um, doing their part in fluffing the other one up, mm -hmm. compensating for the other person, 
And as long as both parties are happy with it, even although we do it very much on autopilot, we are not aware we do it. Mm-hmm. We become very aware when the other one stops performing according to what we originally signed up for. And then the discontent starts. And the moment the discontent starts, the crack starts to appear. Yeah. And so my the cracks appeared and the, the cracks became dongas. The, crack, crack, the cracks really... Um, Become, became so big that I eventually, after 12 years, gave up and said, I can't do this anymore. I really need to, to get divorced. I cannot live like this anymore. I uh, was with a man who stopped giving me love. I stopped paying attention to me, was um, looking for attention everywhere else except at home and not supportive and not kind and not the person that I originally fell in love with and was married to for the first 15 years. And by this time, we've tried four, five different psychologists and nobody helped. And it was years and years of therapy and Mm. lots of money. And nobody helped. Really, nobody made a change. And then I found out about adult child syndrome. Mm -hmm. I I found the right stuff to start reading and the right questions to ask. And um, because I found that, I suddenly realized that I've never put myself first, that I've never, Mm. never taken proper care of myself. Mm -hmm. And that changed absolutely everything for me. And that realization, it was hard. I was a roadkill. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. But what I've gone through and what I've learned for myself is what I eventually studied um, counseling and coaching. Uh, so and then I decided I need to just help one other person and that is how I started with this because my story was so sore and so hard and I had to get real with myself and I had to put myself first and I had to get the tools because we normally don't have the tools because our parents don't have them so they don't give it to us you know you just described my marriage and my life (laughs) I did go into therapy and it did help Uh, After four years, though, I felt something was missing. And then I worked with a regression hypnotherapist. And Mm -hmm. we went back and re-scripted my entire life from conception. And that's how I fixed it. But I'm actually going to refer you to a friend of mine who just contacted me and said she just discovered about childhood triggers and she's got a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and yes, uh, you know, people have these triggers and they're just not even aware of it. I wasn't aware of it. And you're right. I played those games and then I went back to school and grew up and he didn't. And there was a disconnect. Exactly. So, I do understand what you're saying. Um, and that's a story for many people, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what internally causes us to react to those triggers? Because I've seen people react and they can get angry and do all kinds of stuff. What, what causes that reaction? Okay, so I'm going to step one step back. So first of all, what we've got to become aware of is that we are not only carrying our own trauma. We are carrying generational trauma. So adult child syndrome is very much about everything that happened not only in our lives but also what happened in our parents lives and whatever they're carrying from their parents so say somebody has been in a war and they have got a very strong self-protection mechanism in place 
all somebody um, have had big poverty in their life and they felt inferior all their life and they've got money fears. All of that is going to be carried into our life. Sorry, I just want to fill my phone on the floor because she's refusing to sit still. So all of that is going to be carried into our life, into our everyday happening, whatever is going on. It, it's still there. So and, and so like money fears is a really easy one to look at. A lot of us are, are coming from parents who had to go through war, wars, had to relocate and had to really start all over. Parents or grandparents. And we know the money language that our parents have had. And then we've got to check ourselves. What was my money language? Or nowadays, so many of us come from single families. And it's a whole new thing where you actually, there, there's so much that happens when, when, you, when you've grown up in a single family. There's the missing, there is the blaming yourself. So whatever went on for generations, whichever coping mechanisms, the coping we've put into place, they are not skills. They're not coping skills, they are coping mechanisms. We, our parents have put into place, people before us have put into place, we inherit them. We mimic them. These are our examples. We normalize them. We, we look at these people and we go like, yes, this is how it should be. This is what feels normal to me. It doesn't make it healthy. So that is why we've got a, we live in a society where 70 to 80% of the world have got adult child syndrome. We as adult, as children, we have started acting like little adults. And because we started acting like little adults, it will help us get us through the difficult situation until we're 18. But now those very things that kept us safe up to 18 stops working in the adult world. Yeah. It makes us codependent. And so then because we learned these so young, by the age of seven, most of who we are going to be for the rest of our life is cemented in our subconscious. And in our subconscious, wants to keep us safe. So first of all, it wants to keep us breathing. That's what it might, you must stay alive, breathe. It doesn't really want us to work on things which emotionally upset us. So everything gets squished and forgotten and parked away. But the triggers are very much to do with our hurts and our fears. So let's go with money. So if our parents had a money fear, we are going to be we're going to have different reactions depending on who we are and how we grew up and where we are in the family mm -hmm. and what opportunities we had and who was our saving people, our examples, the people who encouraged us. But some of us are going to become super um, efficient, super learners, super hardworking. Some of us are not even going to try. <coughs> Sorry. Some of us are going to be hoarders. Some of us are going to never feel good enough, never feel that we can match up to anybody who has money because this happened when we were small. Mm -hmm. So all of us will have different triggers, but it all will come down to the same thing. Sometime in our life, we formed a protection against something that was hard for us. Mm -hmm. So a parent left us emotionally or physically. A parent died, a parent got divorced, or a parent was just not available. Or a parent, like in my case, had, had was an alcoholic. Alcohol was more important than me. 
he preferred alcohol to me in the story. I'm not good enough because for me, he won't stop drinking. So I'm not good enough. And that is the story for everyone who gets exposed to these kind of scenarios. And if you're younger than seven, you not only decide that you're not important enough, you also decide that you caused it. And now you're going to overcompensate by always trying to hard. So me and this marriage with this man didn't show me love for 12 years. No, 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 no. It's my job. I have to work harder. I have to try harder. I cannot give up. I cannot fail at this because somehow I caused it. Whether I caused it or not, in my, inside myself, I believe I cannot let this happen. I have to fix this. Cannot. And so a lot of us do that. So our triggers are mainly about not feeling good enough. We've got a not feeling good enough epidemic in which we'll try harder and harder and harder and be that perfectionist and be that person who cares so much for other people and don't care for ourselves and who doesn't know that we're supposed to care for ourselves. And our triggers are going to be about safety emotional safety, money safety, physical safety, our triggers, safety triggers are huge. Emotional safety triggers, enormous big. Um, do, I, do I go out to this party? I'm going to feel judged. No, I'm rather going to sit at home with my cat and read a book. And I'm going to start saying stuff like, I prefer cats to people. Because it's a sort of shield. You know, a lot of people say that. I prefer to just stay at home and read my books and be with my cat because I just don't like people. It's not really bad. It's bad. I actually have social anxiety. And it's safer for me to stay home and have a story that I can believe about preferring my cat. Because we're not wired that way. We are wired for connection. We are wired to form deep connections with other human beings. We are hurt, hurt people. So we form natural clusters, families and groupings and provinces and towns. They are all examples of how humans are wired. And it's natural. Yet we will say, I prefer my cat to other people. I don't like them. It's just a self-protection measure. And you know you've heard this many times. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said that that a lot of this is in our DNA, but there's a lot of families that the, either the person was adopted or um, they've had maybe a stepmom or a stepdad. Does that stepdad, even though there's no DNA or stepmom, there's no DNA connection, does that also create more of these triggers? No, it's, it, it's not in our DNA. That's not what it is. For, oh, okay. Certain things that are not there. This is a behavioral made a model so you know they they still believe that alcoholism is inherited and it's not true so the research has been done huge research i think it was sweden but i'm not 100 sure uh, where separated twins were followed and the ones who grew up in houses which didn't have alcohol problems were fine and the ones who grew up in houses where there was alcohol problems many of them became alcoholics. So this was a very long study with a huge proportion of people. Um, and only the only way they could do it was with separated twins. And I mean, they don't do that now anymore, but, but there was a time when that was a practice. 
Mm. So, and that was lucky for us that we actually know that the, the, the myth that this is alcohol is an inherited disease, that it's a, a medical disease, is still floating around, but it's been disproved, proven long ago. Um, mm. So, no, it's not about the DNA. There are certain things that we inherit in our DNA, mm. but it is about the behavioral model. And adult child syndrome, let's go back, 70 to 80% of the world have learned way too young to act like little adults. And so then you come back from a war, you've got this behavior model, your children learns how to behave like that again. And the next generation learns to behave like that again. So it's generations and generations that we are walking with this hurt. But it's behavioral. We learn the behaviors from our parents, the self-protective ones, but not to talk when things are not um, working for us or to over control or to blame ourselves or to be people pleasers or have no boundaries. Um, a lot of those things, we just learn them over and over and over. And we really wanna be pleased. We really wanna please, we really wanna be accepted and we really don't wanna be judged, but we don't learn how to talk because our parents have not learned really how to talk in a meaningful way, in a, in a way in which you get the results, but, but you actually improve your relationship because you also listen to the other person. So how do we clear these triggers? First of all, I mean, I'm, I'm on a life mission to make people aware that, yeah. that, that, that this, this exists you wake up from sleepwalking when you suddenly realize I have, you know, Beverly, when I say to people, I have started acting like a little adult way too young. Mm. The amount of people who go, ah, yeah. yes, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. And so that's usually where I start, I start asking, and which way did you have to grow up to soon? And what are those behaviors that you brought with you? And then let's look at your generational trauma. Let us be the generation that actually stops this. Let's yeah. not keep on doing this. Let's say it can stop here. So people, first of all, you just want to become aware that we are lacking tools because the people that brought us up were walking wounded. Yeah. No matter how much they cared for us, no matter how hard they tried, no matter how good people they were, yeah. they were walking wounded. They've been walking around with their own generational trauma and their own lack of giving us tools from just for women, just for women, for nobody else. The fact that even a hundred years ago, we had very few rights. We are still learning what to do with our rights. Yeah, we can involve in us still learning what to yeah. do with women who has rights. The yeah. world is so out of balance right now. And, and, and so we have to learn that, yes, we have rights, but we don't have tools. We don't know how to have a respectful way in which we start, start stating our boundaries and our wants and our needs from very early. Most people don't even know that they have, they're supposed to have wants and needs. And they are supposed to ask for it. Most people go around with wishful thinking. Yes, but he should know. Yes, but they shouldn't act like that. But how do they not know that, that, they know, that yeah. that's not on? That's wishful thinking. That's not communication. And people are very stuck in that. So we yeah. have to become aware, first of all, 
that we are supposed to take care of ourselves. We have to stop going on the autopilot. We have to start asking ourselves, what is it that we are missing? Where are we on automatic? It's hard. It's very hard to do it by yourself. You, you know, you've got to find some books with really good questions in them. You've got to start listening to people who ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. You cannot do it on your own. <laughs> it's just, I don't think I would have grown up the way I did without help and, and yeah. it was years of help. <laughs> you know? And, and yeah. I'm still working on it. I mean, you never stop working on it, but you do have to get help from a coach or a therapist or somebody, hypnotherapist, yeah. whatever you resonate yeah. with. But I totally and probably a combination, not yeah. just one. Yeah, you know, I I'm I'm very keen always to work with a hypnotherapist, to work with kinesiologists, to work with people who do body work because so much of our traumas and our hurts and our fears and disappointments are internalized in our bodies, mm-hmm. and so it's so good to to do the cognitive work, to start understanding yourself better, to start understanding other people better, but also to work in your body so you can release all these things that you've been walking around with for for such a long time. Yeah, I found even just getting massages, there were times when I'd just start crying and I'd say, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying. And because it's just releasing that trauma from out of your body. Spiritually, in metaphysics, we call it body armoring. And we, we just have this armor literally in our energy field and it's stored in our muscles. And yeah, you have to release that and, and you need someone to help you release it. No, I agree. I've been like that for the longest time. I have, it was, it, for me, it was really like that, that I have, I have, I've, I've gone to war, just never for myself. And I have been ready and, and armored. And um, interesting enough, Louise means fearless warrior. <laughs> oh, good name for you. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. But it, it really has taken time. It's taken a lot of, of questions. I've been doing group work for 12 years. And really in the beginning, I just wanted to help one person not to have such a hard time to find such a hard way to find help at last. But also through doing this group work, because I, if I saw that my, my group people were struggling with self-esteem, I started looking for the answers. I, and 12 years ago, the internet was not open like now. I had to really dig in the research that was hidden away, and eventually I did find it. And I found the... I found programs and I found ways in which you can actually reparent yourself, build your self-esteem, work through your your trauma, um, become very conscious of your triggers, of of Mm -hmm. what is your fear? How are you going to react when you have a fear? How are you going to react when you don't feel good enough? How are you going to react when you Mm -hmm. feel less than? Because we all have those and we all have to become very aware that I am a bundle of reactions until I become aware that I'm a bundle of reactions. Mm-hmm. And then I want to take them one by one and say, thank you, reaction, for showing me where I have to work. Yeah. A very long way to get back to your original question. 
Yeah, that's what uh, I tell people meditation is for, is to listen to those thoughts. What are you thinking? Why did you think that? <laughs> and and make the corrections when you think them. You know, more than once I've told my mind, no, 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 you don't get to think like that. You don't get to use those words anymore. <laughs> no, just yeah. I'm, I make the self-corrections during meditation. Well, I could talk to you all day. So do you, do you happen to have a book on, on this at all? Yes, I do. Um, yes. Okay, so this book is um, um, Real Relationships. It says uh -huh. for women, but I actually give it to all my men clients also because sure. um, it has questions in every chapter. It, it, it works through the first part of the book is working through um, what happened to us in our childhood. So uh -huh. we... And it comes with a 70-page PDF, which is just oh, questions and nice. exercises. And that's for free, extra. Um, and then, so the, it does deal with hamster wheel relationships. Hamster wheel relationships is when you when you keep on getting into the relationship with the same person and, 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 and you're the only one who can't see it. Yeah. Or you're in the same relationship for a very long time and you keep on having the same unresolved fight. That's a hamster wheel relationship. Yeah. And so, or it doesn't, whether you're married, whether you're single, it doesn't really matter. This book is self-empowerment and wakes you up because of, of all the questions that's in it. So all the right questions are being asked. And then the tools are in there. So the tools, the, the boundary tools, the, what it means to be an adult, how to communicate better, working your self-esteem. There's a lot of stuff in this book. So this book is magic and it is available on Amazon. And then this year, this year I've published three other books which are helpful, but they are not, they are very amazing books, but they are not, um, they don't have all the questions that this one has. That is the one that you get if you want to work on yourself for the next two years. I've got um, Trauma to Triumph, which is a collection of people who've been through trauma and that, so amazing people who've co-authored with me. And this is Talk, Trust, Feel. So, Talk, don't talk, don't trust, and don't feel is the motto of adult ch children who has not been healed. And what we want to do is we want to learn how to talk and to trust and to feel. And so the stories are in there. And I've, I've talked to hypno, hypno, uh, hypnotherapist and a whole, uh, a whole lot of, of um, she's back. Sorry. And a whole lot of other people who, who helps us get better sooner. I'm very proud to say that Karen Casey have done the forewords for this. Karen Casey is an amazing uh, person who's done a lot of groundwork for this work. And the last one is no, not particularly for women, but for everybody who knows a man, because it's a relationship for men, by men, very much so on point about people who don't talk and what happens if we don't talk, because they have a, we have yeah, so yeah. many men out there who don't talk about their problems and just pull back. Yeah. So, but this um, hamster wheel relationship is the workbook that will help you reparent yourself. That will help you um, ask the right questions because without the right questions, it is the one thing with which you can do it yourself. It's self empowerment. Um, I would still recommend that you still talk to somebody, that you combine it with therapy, but those things will start waking you up and will start making you feel more in control of your own life, which is what we're supposed to be. Yeah, very good. So uh, you have a free gift for our listeners, right? Am I carrying unresolved grief in me? Tell us about yeah. the free gift. Yeah, so there's a questionnaire 
um, I think anybody who's listened by now has, you know, have recognized it. Yes, probably. So there's a, there's a, uh, it's the right questions to help you find. It's not a long, long thing, but for your, for your listeners specifically, if you just put on it, Dr. Beverly, I will give you a free session to mm. talk about your unresolved hurt trauma, whatever it is, but only for your listeners. So they have to say, Dr. Beverly. And if it's there, I will get it. And I will set up a free session for your, for your listeners. Very nice. Well, for you on YouTube, I'm going to have the link down below. And it's a complicated link. So if you're listening on the podcast, I'm very sorry. Um, I suggest you go to the Dancing Mayor Enlightenment Academy channel and then look up uh, Louise Liebenberg and uh, get the link from underneath it because it's just a crazy link. <laughs> but uh, just remember the Dr. Beverly. Well, Louise, as always, it's such a pleasure to reconnect with you and talk to you. And uh, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for helping me spread this message. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. And do you have any other closing uh, remarks you want to make? Yeah, I think what's really important, and um, because I, I made that the series name is you start with you. You don't start with anybody else. You don't look at anybody else around you that needs to be fixed, be healed in order for you to feel better. You start on yourself today. That is the most important thing that anybody can do for themselves. So true. That's the first thing my therapist so told me. Says you have to work on you. And I went, really? Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so powerful. That is so true. Well, everyone, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe. We appreciate that. And remember to be the light you want to see in the world. <laughs>